Hi, this is David. Eating right is often hard these days, but eating better is easy with Factor's ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. With Factor, there's no prep and no mess. Their meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Plus, Factor is less expensive than takeout, and you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. What are you waiting for? Discover Factor's wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash living50 and use code living50 to get 50% off. That's code living50 at factormeals.com slash living50 to get 50% off. Thank you. Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. To support our podcast with a one-time financial donation, please visit livinghour.org slash donate. Your kind support will help ensure the continuation of our podcast for years to come. Thank you. Today's reading was edited and adapted from Everyday Efficiency, A Practical Guide to Efficient Living by C.H. Forbes Lindsay, published in 1918. Fear is the most devastating agency in life. It prevents initiative, paralyzes effort, promotes disease, hampers development, and in a thousand ways mars the character. And yet it is one of the most common defects in character. Most of us are subject to fear in one form or another. We fear fate. We fear death. We fear disease. We fear poverty. We fear failure. We fear difficulties. We fear responsibility. And on and on. While writers on the subject agree that fear often becomes a vice, Few offer any practical suggestions for its eradication. The reader is generally advised to use their reason, which is well enough as far as it goes. But the fact remains that the conclusions of reason are frequently not sufficient to control action. Lyman Abbott states that if we look back upon those times in our lives when we thought we were facing danger, we will see in retrospect that the lions were almost always chained. We know from personal experience that situations which initially excited our fears were rarely, if ever, as bad as our imagination had pictured them. But the fear feeling persists, despite this knowledge. In the great majority of instances, the fearful person is acutely aware of the unreasonableness of the emotion, 
they may know from former experience that their dread is not justified. Nevertheless, with each recurrence of the alarming conditions, they fall into the accustomed fear feeling. Here the cause lies largely in habit and suggestion. No amount of reasoning will thus affect a remedy. It must be found in undermining the basis of fear by counter-suggestion and in the exercise of your will. The fundamental causes of fear are uncontrolled imagination, lack of self-mastery, weak reason, ill health, any or all of these. However it may manifest itself, fear is a mental state that impacts you in several ways, such as in your nerves, in your moods, in a single impulse or a chronic habit in a totally unbalanced condition. The ability to master and destroy fear depends upon physical fitness, power of will, and mental balance. Fear is inconsistent with perfect health, that is, the state of a sane mind in a sound body. Much depends on a healthy and fit body. It rarely happens that a person with a strong sound body and nerves is subject to fear. But with the establishment of robust health, the tendency to fear invariably vanishes, or at least is greatly reduced. Self-respect will stimulate you to rebel against the tyranny of fear. After all, what is more humiliating than the consciousness that Despite your desire, you will be overmastered by a futile emotion whenever it may arise. Epictetus writes, No one that fears, or grieves, or is anxious, is free. But whomsoever is relief from griefs, fears, and anxieties, is by that very thing, released from bondage. A state where our mind is constantly in a favorable condition to accept fear, which we then make no effort to combat. For example, thousands of people are prevented from making progress in their lives solely by their fear of failure. In many instances, they actually possess the ability to accomplish those things which they have not the courage to undertake but timorous self-restraint is indulged in until the failure mood is produced and they become entirely without self-confidence, anticipating failure before they have made an effort. The shores of fortune are covered with the stranded wrecks of women and men of brilliant ability, but who lack courage, faith, and decision, and therefore perished as more resolute but less capable adventurers arrive to take their place. If you are afflicted with any form of the fear habit, it is essential to your success in life that you rid yourself of it. This not only because of its immediate effects, but even more so because of its deleterious influence upon your general character. Make a firm determination to throw off the yoke. As Shakespeare said, screw your courage to the sticking place. 
While we often can arouse sufficient courage energy to make an attempt, we often find that it is not enough to carry us through to the end. For the effort involves pain, self-denial, difficulty. A conflict of desires thus emerges. The desire for relief battles with our desire for accomplishment. The latter must be made strong enough to prevail or failure will ensue. Always remember that decision and resolution are strongly damaging to fear. If you decide upon a course of action and are determined to follow it, regardless of consequences, the fear feeling will subside. When retreat is cut off and it is certain that the thing feared must be encountered, the feeling of fear usually declines and often disappears entirely. Soldiers are familiar with this fact. In anticipation of a battle, they are commonly overcome with a sensation of dread, which later falls off, like a discarded cloak, when they are launched into action. Many actors and public speakers experience nervous apprehension before facing an audience, but then become calm and self-possessed at the moment of stepping onto the stage or platform. So here's what to do. When you have a condition, a task or a duty which excites your fear, do not allow your imagination to dwell upon it. Having decided that you should do the thing in question, resolve that you will do it, despite everything. Then exclude from your mind all thought of the unpleasant conditions or consequences. Say to yourself, with concentration, and aloud if possible, I ought to do this thing, and I am positively going to do it. That's settled. It's no use anticipating anything unpleasant. I shall have to put up with those things when they come and probably they will not be half as bad as I imagine. There is absolutely no sure cure for the fear feeling than the practice, resolutely adhered to, of invariably doing the thing that you fear to do. This will reveal the groundless character of most of your apprehensions, give you confidence in your power to rise superior to them, and break down the habit or mood of fear. I know a famous military general who, in boyhood, narrowly escaped the attack of a rabid dog that bit one of his schoolmates, causing his death from rabies. From that time on, he experienced the most acute fear of all dogs. The sight or sound of one unnerved him, and its approach threw him into a state of uncontrollable terror. This condition continued unabated for years, when he became determined to overcome it. By extreme exercise of will, he forced himself to pat every dog that came within his reach, although for long he could not do so without trembling. He then purchased two dogs and gave them freedom inside his house, despite the misery that this caused him for months. At the end of a year, his fear of dogs had completely disappeared, 
and he ultimately became decidedly fond of them. Make it a rule to do the very thing that you fear whenever occasion arises. Sternly repress the temptation to escape, and compel yourself to perform the dreaded action. Every time that your will thus asserts itself, the degree of your fear feeling will be diminished. However, every time that you yield to a fear feeling, beating a retreat before it, its power over you is increased. Fear comes not from doing. It issues infallibly from the not doing. Fear is the deposit of the soul's inaction. That which you really undertake begets courage. While seemingly the antecedent of action, courage is actually the result of doing something. Hence the habit of courage, like any other habit, comes of acting, of doing the thing one fears to do. Decline always what you fear, and the death of courage is as certain as law. Do always what you fear, except the immoral, and the death of fear is also as certain as law. In most cases, the foundation of fear is laid by an anticipatory imagination. A condition of simmering apprehension is set up, gradually increases, and then culminates in an emotional overflow that subverts self-control. The process is much like that of generating steam in a boiler to the bursting point. Fear is actually comparatively easy to combat in its early stages, before the occurrence of the occasion for it. You must resolutely exclude the disturbing thought from your mind, and above all, never allow a mental picture of the thing or situation that is feared to fix itself in your mind. Remember that there is a distinction between thought and feeling. The fear thought must precede the fear feeling. The important point is to form the habit of nipping the fear thought in the bud before it can develop into a fear feeling. At the first approach of the fear feeling, suspend all action, and for a few minutes breathe slowly, deeply, and regularly. This will still your nervous agitation and produce mental calmness and a sense of energy. In this condition, an effort of the will is comparatively easy. Your physical attitude then will inevitably affect your mind, producing a condition in harmony with the appearance. All of this is in accordance with the law of suggestion. Whistle and wear a smile for 15 minutes, and you will begin to feel cheerful. Let your shoulders droop and your gaze become downcast, and a sense of dejection will steal over you. Likewise, the habitual maintenance of the right physical attitude will prove a powerful force in the cultivation of courage. Make a practice of carrying yourself with an air of self-assurance. Throw out your chest, hold your head erect, and look boldly upon the world. Do this for one week, and you'll see just how strongly and positively it drives you toward courageous living.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 